are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how the Green Bay Packers hold off a furious fourth quarter comeback attempt attempt by the Arizona Cardinals in a 24 to 21 victory thanks to Rasul Douglas his interception in the end zone that prevents at the very least an opportunity at overtime I mean that game was headed for overtime for sure and yet they were able to come out of the desert with the win despite all of the injuries no David Bakhtiari no Devontae Adams no Jair Alexander no Zadarius Smith that's for starters and then you add in no Alan Lazard no Marquez Valdez-Gantling Kevin King is is not available for this game. Now, whether or not that makes you better or worse, I think reasonable people can disagree. But for the Packers to get a win like this speaks to their character, their leadership, and their coaching. And it speaks to their championship medal. Before we get to everything that we're going to get to in this episode, this episode is brought to you by our friends at McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's the unofficial community center. A big thanks to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Of course, I'm loving it. So this was a game that Green Bay was going to have to win, grinding it out. And... They won grinding it out. Now, did they always do that? No. Is that potentially uh, uh, worrisome? Maybe not the right phrasing, but is it optimal? No. All that being said, I don't want to start the show and, and spend really a lot of time talking about the negatives in this one. You could, you could question the fourth down call. You could question a couple inside the 10 trips where the Packers did not run the ball and then they did not run the ball with A.J. Dillon, who had been a walking five-yard gain in this game. Do I understand that? No. No, I do not. At the same time, for the Packers to come out against a Cardinals team that had come in undefeated and control this game really from start to finish. And the Packers went down 7-0 in this game. Five games out of seven, the Packers have... uh, 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 Let me do the math. Out of eight, the Packers have not scored in the first quarter. And yet they were able to win this game in large part because of the defense and because of the run game. 34 carries, 151 yards, 4.4 yards per carry. A.J. Dillon had 16 for 78. That's five yards a clip. Aaron Jones had 15 for 
59. That's a shade under four yards a clip and the touchdown. But but Jones made up for it. He had 110 total yards. He had another seven catches for 51 yards in this game. And the Packers played with blood and guts. That was it. It was guile. It was gumption. It was pick a metaphor. On a short week, you guys. On a short week. To go out and get a win like this. Aaron Rodgers, a couple weeks ago, invoked the 2010 season. The Super Bowl season. This was the kind of game that team won. And I was not sure this team could do it with all the injuries that they had. Not not because I didn't think this team was good enough if everyone is healthy, but everyone's not healthy. They go out and they dominate the line of scrimmage. They dominate the line of scrimmage. And they are not going to see very many quarterbacks who can do what Kyler Murray can when the Packers get pressure the way that they do. And they got pressure in this game so often. And Kyler Murray made some plays. The near touchdown on on DeAndre Hopkins, that's just, that's a prayer. That's just Eric Stokes making a little bit of a rookie mistake. He has to play the ball better in the air. That is something that he is going to have to work on. Still, even with that, I mean, Kyler Murray was a magician in this game. I mean, he this, this was Aaron Rodgers level of prestidigitation at times when he is just, there's pressure in his face. I mean, the, the play to Hopkins, Preston Smith is in his face, in his face on top of him. And he just, bang, heaves it down the field, trusts his guy to go make a play. The Packers didn't have any of their guys to try and do that. And yet they get to 24, really got to 30 in this game. Mm. The review is something that we're going to, we'll, we'll probably talk about later in the show. Play to play, down to down, for this defense to do what they did. They create turn two turnovers, two monster turnovers in this game. I mean, absolutely enormous turnovers. Arizona ultimately turned the ball over three times. Three times. Special teams turnover. Packers didn't force that. But if you go back to the start of the second half, the Packers are up 10-7, and it is a tenuous lead at that point because you felt like they dominated that game. The Cardinals had not even gotten to 100 yards of offense. Green Bay had almost 100 yards on the ground at halftime. And you're going, oh, man. They shot their shot and it wasn't going to be enough. The Cardinals were going to come out and they were going to score and Green Bay was not going to be able to match it. That was, I wouldn't say that's how it felt, but that certainly was in the realm of possibilities given the way these games tend to go. And Green Bay, they get pressure in DeAndre, uh, excuse me, in Kyler Murray's face. They get the sack and then they turn that into an interception from Henry Black. The Packers turn that into points. But then the game starts to really get fun. The Cardinals come back and they score to make it 17-14. And you're going, all right, but in a shootout, who has the advantage? Arizona. So if this is going to be a back and forth game, that's not how you want to play if you're Green Bay. And yet, 
even with the scary issue with Kylan Hill, he goes down, knee injury looked like, carted off the field. The, the Cardinals have a guy carted off. You go 12 plays, 91 yards. You re-extend the lead. It's 24 to 14, and you're going, okay, it's starting to get tough with the math now because it's it's fourth quarter time, and it's going to be tough to score 10 points if you're the Cardinals because the Packers have been so effective in this game. Cardinals come back. They score. All right. What's the medal of this team? They go down 13 plays, 74-yard drive. I don't know how in that moment you can overturn that call. I don't know how in that moment, in that part of the game, you can say the call on the field, there was enough evidence. Mike Pereira said on the broadcast, we looked at it, we didn't see enough to overturn it. It looked like he was probably short. The officiating in this game was not the reason that that either team won, but there was some stuff that that came up. Ah, I, I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't understand a lot of it. Uh, but the Packers were able to make this. They were able to make this work in the end, and they get the huge play. Russell Douglas able to make that play, able to do what you had to do at the end. Did I love the play calling inside the inside the five? Did I love the play calling when they get the ball inside the three? No, I didn't. And it is, you know, you have the delay of game, which is just unthinkable. I mean, it's unthinkable in that play. I don't think it was lost on Packer fans that on third and five, Aaron Rodgers took off when he could have not. Eh? Eh? NFC Championship game, That being said, Green Bay in this game, they made the plays that they needed to make and they got the stop in the red zone that they needed when they needed it. This is to some degree, you can say, okay, the the turnovers are unsustainable and that's probably true. They made the play that they needed to make and they were the better team on this day. They were the better team. And in, in this case, the football gods rewarded them for doing that. And, and I, I said this after the 49er game, I'm going to keep saying it. The Packers are going to lose a game that they don't deserve to lose. In the Matt LaFleur era, it hasn't happened really. Where, the, where you're going, man, they really should have won. I mean, the Eagles game was close. Um, and I think we forget that that game turned on a fourth and goal and interception and, and a game that, that they very easily could have won. Or had an opportunity to win. It's going to happen at some point. It didn't happen in this game. And the implications are enormous. They're enormous. Because now the Packers sit atop the NFC. They're 7-1. They steal this game. They now have 10 days to prepare. For the Kansas City Chiefs. Who cannot stop anybody. And Green Bay will probably get Devontae Adams back. They will get Alan Lazard back. Assuming he does not pop positive for COVID in the meantime. There's a chance they could get Marquez Valdez-Scantling back. David Bakhtiari. Now your offense is going to go in full strength to get it against the Chiefs defense that, that like couldn't stop me and 10 people on this stream. They're in a very good position to 
put themselves at the top of the NFC race. Now that the Buccaneers, they have a very easy schedule coming home. The Packers still have plenty of tough games left. But to go out and win a game like this with all the guys that are down, if Matt LaFleur, listen to me very carefully, anyone who is watching this, we got a shout out on Good Morning Football from Kay Adams. Shout out to Kay. I know that there are people listening. In fact, there are 500 people on the stream right now on YouTube. If you are making a list of coach of the year candidates, that does not have Matt LaFleur's name on it. Then you did not make a coach of the year candidate list. Period. Period. I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care. To do what they did without Aaron Rodgers having a monster game. And he didn't. It wasn't like he was bad, but he he wasn't great. I mean, 22 of 37 for 184 and two touchdowns, five yards per attempt, 90.4 rating, just took one sack. Shout out the offensive line for playing their butts off. Banged up, down two starters. Josh Myers and David Bakhtiari aren't even playing, guys. They're not even on the field. Half this team's preferred starters were out and they went on the road and beat the only undefeated team in football, a team that ran the L.A. Rams out of their own stadium. The Packers went on the road in a short week, beset by COVID, without their defensive coordinator, without their all-pro receiver, without their all-pro left tackle, without their all-pro cornerback, without their all-pro pass rusher, and they got a win. The Packers have not had the kind of respect nationally this season as a contender in this league. And in some ways, I understand it because they haven't played their best football. They're banged up. They don't have their best guys out there, but they're still winning football games. And they're not winning football games as oppressively as a team like Tampa or as a team like L.A., But to get a win like this, to get a win like this shows something about who you are and what you're capable of doing and being. And I got a message from a media friend who said, regardless of, this is in the first half, regardless of how this this game ends, the Packers should not be scared of Arizona. They won this game without their best players. J.J. Watt's not coming back. I know DeAndre Hopkins was hurt in this game, but the Packers didn't have Devontae Adams for crying out loud or Al Lazard or MVS or like or the, the myriad names that I've already gone through. The laundry list of players who are out. To get a win like this, this is, and I said going in, I'm consistent on this. This is not armchair quarterbacking. This is not Monday morning quarterbacking, even though it's Friday morning. I said this would be the best regular season win of the Matt LaFleur era if the Packers went in and and got this dub. They did it, and I will say it again. This is the best win of the Matt LaFleur era. They got this dub and proved that this team can overcome adversity. They proved that this team is capable of beating anyone, anywhere, with any group of players that they have on the field. 
And they prove that this team is a Super Bowl caliber Packers team. This episode of Locked on Packers is brought to you by our friends at McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's the place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Snickers. Eh, Butterfinger McFlurry. Either way. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates and competitors the home team or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping to on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel with a Diet Coke and a large fry. Yes, it me. Uh, sometimes just a double cheese. I'll just come through and just get a double cheese. Yeah, don't 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 get mad. That's the deal. It's it's wonderful. It's delicious. Everything that that you could ask for. Crispy in the fries. You get the soda. Come on now. Come on now. So head to your local McDonald's and refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say Locked on Packers watch party? I'm loving it. We have to talk a little bit more about the defense. Because to do what they did, and I understand that this came, this, this game came down to, you know, pins and needles. Pins and needles. But to do it without the guys that that you did it with. No Zadarius, no Jair, no Kevin King. You got Preston Smith at probably less than 100%. Against, I, I get it, DeAndre Hopkins, not 100% there. But this offense was lighting everyone up. With Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and all those dudes, the Rams were healthy when the Cardinals lit them up. They got the Browns a very talented defense. They lit them up. This has been the most dynamic, explosive offense this side of Tampa Bay and, and maybe anywhere. Kyler Murray was the MVP front runner. He goes 22 of 33 for 274 and two picks, two sacks, and a number of pressures. The Packers' defensive front in this game, they dominated this football game. They dominated. Chase Edmonds, seven carries for 30 yards. James Conner, five carries. I know he had two touchdowns and the red zone defense continues to be a problem. It will continue to be a problem as long as they keep playing light boxes and teams are content to run against them. They have to figure something out there. It cannot keep happening the way that it is currently happening. It doesn't matter if it's Joe Barry, apparently, even if it's Jerry Gray and Kirk Olivadotti, which was a, a very bizarre uh, functionality there. I don't understand it. Jerry Gray calling the coverages and Kirk Olivadotti is calling the fronts. Bizarre. But what they were able to do on the back end was terrific. And what they were able to do, keeping Kyler Murray from getting in a rhythm really all game, and it wasn't until the second half and really in the fourth quarter that he started to cook a little bit. And part of that was Packers playing soft. They're playing prevent. They're playing off. Kyler's able to run around a little bit, has more opportunities. But this defense, Rashawn Gary making plays. Kenny Clark getting in there. Devondre Campbell had a sack and two tackles for loss plus a QB hit. Dean Lowry had a sack where he just like destroyed the man in front of him. I mean, they only they only get credit for two sacks but and three QB hits, but but they were far more impactful than that. Moving Kyler Murray off his spot. If this is the way this defense is going to play and you can bring back Jair Alexander... You can bring back Zadarius Smith. 
And you're getting these reps for guys like Russell Douglas, who for the second week in a row makes huge plays. Can we just talk for a second about Russell Douglas? The highest graded defender by Pro Football Focus last week against Washington. He has played physical ball, was awesome against the Bears, was terrific last week. And then in this game, once again, outstanding football. He makes the game ceiling interception in the end zone. And you've got, you know, Shannon Sullivan out there. He's got the penalty, but but played a steady game. Eric Stokes, the one big play. Packers don't give up big plays, but the one big play. Thank you, Pat. There is no Dana, only Rasul. No doubt. This defense found a way to manufacture whatever they needed to manufacture coverage-wise. They got beat over the top one time on a second reaction play when Preston Smith is about to murder murder, 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 SNL, anybody? He's about to murder Kyler Murray. And it didn't matter. Kyler makes a ridiculous throw and, and, and play, and DeAndre Hopkins does what he does. It's It happens. And, and you know, they, they, they get paid too. Kyler Murray is the front runner for MVP for a reason. DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best receivers in the league for a reason. It was a, a backyard play. As Jason Hershorn from The Leap, my, my partner at The Leap, wrote about um, on Thursday, this is a junkyard offense. This is a junkyard offense, a street ball offense. Just, hey, Kyler, go out and do a thing maybe. Can you? Will you? And I think that I think that matters in the playoffs. I think that matters in these big games. And in this game against, frankly, a lot of backups, they were not able to move the ball with any kind of consistency until late in the game. Late in the game. I mean, they this is this is this is one of the most dynamic and explosive offenses in football. They had 14 points through three quarters. I don't I don't care who's playing. You know, I don't care who's 100 percent I don't care that Rodney Hudson's not in there. I don't care that DeAndre Hopkins is not 100 percent Packers don't have Zedarius Smith or J. Alexander. Come on. And they were able to make the plays, the decisive plays of the game when they needed to be made. And that breeds confidence in your whole roster, in your whole team. And you you, you don't give these wins back. You don't give them back. You don't say, oh, well, they had some injuries. No, no. Well, they had some injuries. And my producer at Locked On Today uh, shout out Allie Bronson. She was saying, oh, well, the headline is that the Packers win, that it's, oh, well, it's the JJ Wattless Cardinals couldn't come up with enough. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play roll out the barrel on the world's smallest violin for the Cardinals and their injuries, given the kinds of injuries that have faced the Packers this season and in this game. Give me a break. And if you need a break, try one with Bilt Bar. Did you know the Bilt Bar has a slew of delicious flavors? Something for everyone. Coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. And they all, number one, taste delicious. This is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You know what I'm talking about? And they all are high in protein, high in fiber, low in sugar, low in net carbs. I can't tell you as a dad of a toddler how many times in a day I'm like, man, I haven't eaten in like hours. 
I could really use something. And I open my pantry and there's a built bar. And you know what? It's delicious. It's delicious. And I can feel good about eating it. I can feel good about fueling myself because of those nutrients, the high protein, high fiber, make sure I stay full, make sure I'm feeding and fueling my body. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off at built.com. All right, um, let's go into some of these conversations in the chat because that's part of the fun of doing this. And people are are uh, are happy about <laughs> happy about the ad read. Disappointed that it's not an old ad read. I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna give them some, I'm not gonna give them any free press. Andrew Lacey says, why are they going shotgun inside the five when they're dominating the line and give the ball to Dylan down there? Uh Andrew, I'm glad you brought this up. Yes. 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 Inside the five yard line. Three straight passes on the turnover field goal instead of a run. A.J. Dillon, a walking four-yard gain in this game. I mean, they didn't have anybody like big enough to tackle him, it seemed. 16 carries, 78 yards. He was getting, he was getting five yards every time he touched the ball. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Especially without Devontae Adams, especially without Big Bob Tunyon, especially without Alan Lazard. Those are your go-to red zone guys. Why are you throwing it? And I don't know if it's if it's a, a hubris thing. If it's a, well, it's Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and we feel like we can dial up something here. I don't get it. And then the same thing. I mean, they did run the ball with Aaron Jones. It looked like he got in. Again, the replay, garbage. Garbage. There was not, we didn't see indisputable video evidence. Mike Pereira can confirmed that there wasn't indisputable video evidence to say that he was out or that he was down he wasn't. Maybe he was, but they called it a touchdown. So I, I don't I don't understand that, but I also don't understand why you don't have AJ Dillon in the game one time. Give him the ball one time. Now that being said, a couple of weeks ago, we were complaining on this show about some of the goal line touches, and they included a couple AJ Dillon runs. And he got one. He got zero. He got minus one. Those kinds of things. So I do think we have to we have to be consistent on some of that stuff. Part of that is execution. And if they had just executed a touch better, we're not having these discussions. But they are important discussions to have. Uh, we have a question here. Um, why do they keep missing holding calls on Rashawn Gary? <laughs> Uh, Preston Smith got held on the uh, on the fourth down, I believe it was as well. I I don't have a good answer for you, but it has been happening all season long. The only way Arizona was going to keep the Packers defensive front out of the backfield was if they decided they were going to hold. That was really it. That was really it. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things. Um, you, you can't you can't leave it up to the referees to make those calls in that spot. And that's just, that's just the reality of the situation. Um, what about Amari Rogers? We're surprised at his lack of impact. I, I wasn't surprised at his lack of impact. I was surprised that after, you know, he, he, he had the, the early issues fumbled on the punt return, had the drop, but then he, he was playing, he was out there. And then all of a sudden he wasn't. And it's just sort of like, okay, well, why? 
Why is he not? I mean, they immediately went back to him. They ran some stuff for him. He made a couple of plays after that. And then he became an afterthought. And, and I don't have a good answer for why that is. If we go back and watch the tape, I probably will not be surprised if they just went to a lot more 12 and 21. Two receiver sets. It was Winfrey and EQ out there and DeGuara and, and Mercedes Lewis. And that was just what they did. I actually really like um, DeGuara after the catch. I think he is he is better after the catch than Big Bob Tunyon. We do not know the situation with Tunyon. Um, but he was reportedly after um, the injury out of the blue tent, walking around, no noticeable limp, but didn't have his helmet on. So we'll see what happens with that coming up here. And uh, a lot more to get to next week. Packers Chiefs. They got the mini buy, and so we're going to have some fun next week talking Packers Chiefs. Subscribe on YouTube. If you're not watching, why aren't you watching? But you can go subscribe below here. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.